The Super Mario Brothers movie has been out in theaters for a week now. It's shattering box office records. I saw it a few days ago. Didn't get a chance to talk about it, but today I'm giving you guys my review of the highly popular film. The Super Mario Brothers movie it was directed by Michael Jelenic and Aaron Horvath and stars the voices of Chris Pratt, Anya Taylor-Joy, Charlie Day, Jack Black, Keegan-Michael Key, Seth Rogen, and Fred Armisen. While working underground to fix a waterman, Brooklyn plumbers and brothers Mario and Luigi are transported down a mysterious pipe and wander into a magical new world. But when the brothers are separated, Mario embarks on an epic quest to find Luigi. Hey everyone, I am a week late, which I'm usually not with movies, but I am finally going to be reviewing the Super Mario Brothers movie. I actually saw this movie last weekend, but I was honestly a bit torn about how to review this movie because I, I certainly had my thoughts and certainly had my criticisms, but at the same time, I felt like it did a lot more right and especially succeeded in what it was aiming to do. So I was kind of a bit conflicted on how to approach this review and where to eventually land with my final thoughts. And I was honestly a bit conflicted in certain ways when I left the movie theater. Now, when it comes to my experience with Super Mario, I'm mainly familiar with this because of Mario Kart. That's the Super Mario game I played a ton of when I was younger. But even then, I don't think I picked up Mario Kart in at least eight years now. But even but I did play a bit of Mario Galaxy and a few other Super Mario games here and there. But I would not call myself a big fan or anything of this IP at all, which leaves me very much in a minority. I just wanted to see a fun animated movie that, you know, had a few moments where I could, you know, be like, oh, I remember that. And there was actually a few more of those than I realized. Like, I actually caught a lot of the Easter eggs. And I don't know if that's just because I hear a lot more about Mario now that I am, you know, now that I have my own show. I don't know whether that that's what it is, but I was surprised by how much I caught on to. When it comes to my excitement level, I was definitely as concerned as everybody else when they announced the voice cast. But I thought the trailers have looked pretty good. They, they were honestly the main reason I was even interested to go see it. Because honestly, without seeing the trailers and just hearing the voice cast, I probably wouldn't have. And I think it's just be said, I'm not a fan of Illuminations films. Again, I'm a fan of the, the first two Despicable Me movies, but other than that... I haven't seen all of them, but I have seen most of them, and I can't say I'm a fan of really any of the other ones, which I think is not was not great going into this film. But now that I have seen the movie, well, how was it? Did it live up to what the trailers promised? Is it a love letter to Super Mario? Find out right now, even though you all have probably already seen it. And the first thing I'll say right off the bat is that this movie feels like a loving adaptation of Super Mario. It has tons of Easter eggs. There are things to look out for at every corner of every screen. There's these little details that they clearly want you to pay attention to while still having the characters talking in the foreground. There is tons thrown in here. It's very Nintendo, and I think a lot of you are going to really appreciate that. Again, there's so many of those iconic sounds, whether that's just jumping, characters picking up mushrooms. There's hidden characters in the background everywhere. There's surprise characters that show up throughout the movie and throughout the credits there's ton there's very vibrant maps there's filled maps in terms of just busy busy scenes with like tons of stuff going on in the background carefully done animation which i really appreciate and locations which clearly have a lot of history there's even things from games i haven't even played that super mario that you know super mario games I haven't even played 
that when they came up, and there was there was clearly a segment of this movie which was specifically focused on one character, that was a very very direct reference to that character's spinoff game. That even though I haven't played it, I knew exactly what it was trying to reference. I thought that was really impressive how they were able to find that balance. There's again a lot of references. I think if you're like a Mario nut, you're gonna absolutely love noticing everything that noticing like five times as much as I even noticed. And there's many reasons why I think that those Easter egg and that kind of hunt is resonating so well with audiences. This film, if anything else, just feels like a celebration of Mario more than a movie in some ways. And I think if you went in looking for that, I think you'll you'll leave really happy. And I had a ton of fun exploring this world. I'll say right now, I think the score by Brian Tyler is a big part of why a lot of people felt so ingrained into the story or not even just even into the movie. It has this very classical nostalgia inducing tone to it, which even from, again, the small portion of Mario games I've played relative to most other people, I loved the score. I thought it did a great job of pulling you into the world. And it's just a shame that the score wasn't put more front and center, which I'll talk about a little later. And the animation just looks stunning throughout. I mean, the colors are so vibrant. The character designs feel right, and I don't think there's really another way to put that. Everything is really dynamically made. The camera movements, I don't know if that's what you call it, just the editing in terms of the way shots are framed is really dynamic and it's really energetic. The film keeps a very high energy, and I think the animation is a big part of that. It's very fun to look at. And although it doesn't reinvent the wheel in terms of animation, it is standard illumination animation. Illumination's always had very high quality animation. This film continues that trend, but it feels even better because it's such a good adaptation of how Super Mario looks in Nintendo's games. And I'll say a lot of the action was actually really great in this film. And I think it pays off some really nice moments throughout in those action scenes, particularly with Mario and what they said about his skills and abilities early on in the film. And even when, you know, they have those power-ups, which have been teased in the trailers, the way they're done is very flashy. And the action scenes are especially well-directed in that they're never boring. And they never even got overwhelming, in my opinion. I think they did a really great job of really focusing on what works. Now, even though a Mario Kart scene isn't as entertaining as playing the game itself, I thought that sequence was this, was a ton of fun. That's obviously the one that I think about most when I think about this movie because Mario Kart was, again, the Mario game that I played the most when I was younger. And I will say that I think quite a few of the voice cast in this film I thought did a pretty good job. I think Chris Pratt as Mario, shockingly, was actually turned out okay. I think that the reason he works is because you can tell Chris Pratt truly does love this character. He's talked about in interviews how nostalgia, how much nostalgia he has for the character of Mario. And I think that energy and passion really comes through more than anything else. He does not have the Mario voice from the games. They were not hiding it from the trailers or anything like that. But I honestly think that was a wise choice considering I think how old that voice would have gotten really quickly. Now, do I think they could have sneaked in a few more Mario-isms here and there? I do, but I thought it worked, and I actually didn't hear Chris Pratt as much as I was expecting, and I don't think that's true of almost all of the voice cast, except for, I would say, two of them, which I'll get into later. And I thought Charlie Day as Luigi, as soon as they announced, I thought that, that felt right, and I thought he worked. And I think the dynamic between Mario and Luigi, when it, when it occurs, which is 
a very small portion of the movie with the nature of the plot at the beginning and at the end, it felt like a very real but yet fantastical brotherly bond that I really appreciated and I really enjoyed when those two were on screen together. I think their dynamic back and forth had some of the most entertaining and funny moments of the movie. And I thought Chris Pratt and Charlie Day's voices bounced off each other well. But the standout voice performance in this movie by far, and I think everyone's in agreement on this, is Jack Black as Bowser. He is the voice performance that I think all the voice performances in this movie should have kind of tried to live up to because he disappears into Bowser's voice. He's clearly not using his own Jack Black voice. He really does put in something very different into this character. Again, extremely high energy. And he has by far the funniest moment of the movie. And they do a few things with his side of the storyline that I didn't know they were going to do. And I thought they were really funny. And I, that's because I just didn't expect it. And they were a lot funnier than I expected. Some of them have gone a little out of hand with the memes and some a particular song that he sings being a bit overplayed already. And we're only a week after release, really. So I don't even want to imagine what it's like in a few weeks' time. But I thought his voice performance as Bowser was great. And I just hope whenever we do get a sequel that they don't just totally try to find a new one. I hope they still try to incorporate him because he is clearly the standout voice performance. And just as a character, I liked what Mario went through in this film. Now, it's a very simple character arc. There's nothing special to it whatsoever. But he's kind of just a bit of a down on his luck. And, but, but again, a t- tenacious and ambitious person at the beginning of this movie. An ambitious young man. And throughout the movie, you can kind of see his skills being exploited a little more and him and what he and his, you know, what he's good at being used for something meaningful throughout. And I thought it was just a nice, sweet enough, simple character arc that worked for me. It was kind of just this classic underdog to hero's journey, similar to Emmett in the Lego movie, again, nowhere near as well done. But I saw, I felt hints of that and I thought it worked enough for this movie. And I think that's, Really, the thing with this movie, it's cute enough for me to recommend it. However, this is not a movie that personally I would ever choose to rewatch. And I don't even think I'd ever rewatch this movie at all unless they made a sequel and I just wanted to get back into this world. And at a point in this movie, I did realize, oh, wait, this is Illumination. And a bunch of the cliche Illumination nonsense, I don't really know any way, other way to call it, really started to come back and hit me. Number one, the humor in Illumination movies is very hit and miss. Now, I talked about some of the jokes being funnier than I expected earlier. There's also equally as much humor that falls completely flat. I think the humor is very much a mixed bag in this film. It kind of has this mix of stupid slapstick physical comedy combined with a few things that go a little above the target audience that I didn't really expect to hear. And the balance just always felt a bit off to me. And it was very similar to how jarring the cut, the cutting between the Bowser scenes and the scenes with our heroes were. And the other thing about Illumination is that they just cannot resist putting in the most overused songs in film history into their films. And this movie has a terrible 80s pop soundtrack. Now, some of the songs in it individually... I liked, but the licensed music they went for, not the score, the soundtrack, the music they took from our real world prior to them making this film is a collection of the most overplayed songs in movies 
two of which, at least two, I have already heard in another film or TV show that came out this year. Now, I'm not saying that that makes those movies and TV shows more creative because they used it first this year. No, I noticed those in those movies as well. But this movie is filled with those. It's not just one song. It's every song. And all of them have been used better in other movies. And I thought it was so distracting. And it took me out of the movie every single time. Because the original score is so good. And right along with that, I mean, everything else you'd expect. Some Illumination movies. Some very silly looking humorous animation. But also very overly talky side characters that they're clearly trying to market very heavily. All that is still in here, but I think it's to a lesser extent than some of their more egregiously annoying movies. And speaking of side characters, I think I do have to mention that there are at least a few voice performances that I weren't, wasn't a big fan of. I think the main one that sticks out in my mind is the Kongs. Both Fred Armisen and uh, Seth Rogen, I thought, were horrendously cast. Both of them, I thought, didn't fit the character, and every time they were talking... The character felt out of sync with the voice. Not in the way that the voice didn't match the way that the mouth's moving. It's not that. It's just that it didn't feel like that voice should be coming out of that character. And that's a big problem when you've got an animated movie and a character that's very prominent. Two characters that are very prominent in the second half of this movie. And I think it's more annoying with Seth Rogen because uh, Cranky Kong isn't in that much of the movie. But DK is in a big chunk of the latter half of this movie. And I thought it was kind of odd that they actually played Seth Rogen's laugh as kind of a, literally as just a punchline in this movie, which I thought was a really weird decision considering they're trying to create Donkey Kong, one of the most iconic video game characters of all time for the big screen. And it's just such a weird casting choice that I thought was just jarring. And he, I couldn't hear nothing but Seth Rogen. And then we get Anya Taylor-Joy as Peach, who I didn't dislike. And she was honestly the cast member who, when they announced, I thought was perfect. But I, I just heard too much Anya Taylor-Joy and not enough Princess Peach. Now, it's not at all, and I know some people are going to mention this, it's not at all because they made her character really B.A. and like super good at everything, well, with, which I guess you could say she is, which I don't think is a problem because she, she's been like that in the games before. It's just, it's never, never always, never front and center. That's not the problem. I think the problem more is that she didn't get, they didn't direct her to be Princess Peach as much as I was hoping. And I don't blame this on Anya Taylor-Joy because I know she's an amazing actor. She's one of my favorite actresses working right now. And I think that might be why I think a lot of general audiences aren't as, you know, worked up about her performances that they haven't seen in as many of her performances because they're used to like blockbusters of which she hasn't even really been in any. So I think that might be why maybe I'm noticing it a bit more than other people because I haven't really heard anyone else mention her when just reading through people's thoughts. But I thought her performance was a little off because it sounded, again, too much like Anya Taylor-Joy and not enough like Princess Peach. And I will also say that the story is extremely weak. It is... It, the convenient sliders are just dialed right up to 11. I mean, this... Every single plot point that happens happens is based off of convenience. Now it is again based off games that aren't dev are not about stories and have tons of these magical abilities that can pretty much get any character out of any scenario, and that's kind of where the conveniences come from. 
but they got a bit too noticeable. And if they are going to make a sequel, I'm going to say right now, I'm accepting the weak story for this one, but I am going to point it out. But for the next movie, if they're going to do this again and just continue to rely on Easter eggs and nostalgia and fun moments and have this very loose, thin story that feels stretched out, then I'm going to be more annoyed for a sequel. And I will go check out a sequel. I will say that. But for this movie, I think it was fine. However, for a movie that has such creative animation and fun moments, I would have liked a story that was a bit more enthralling, which is weird to say for a Super Mario movie. And the pacing is just next level quick in this film. It is designed for people with the shortest attention span imaginable, and it just rushes through everything. Now, I mentioned the story is very thin, and it absolutely is. But I felt like there was almost a way, if they were going to have such a thin story, to explore more of the world. Because when they do, it's a ton of fun. It just feels cut short. Kind of, We spend tiny bits of time in all these places when I feel like we could have spent more and had like another 15 minutes. So overall, the Super Mario Brothers movie is the fun love letter to Super Mario that I think a lot of people wanted to see. There's tons of Easter eggs, tons of references, tons of Nintendo lore that you're going to love. It has a great score, great sound effects by Brian Taylor. It has fantastic animation with some really great action sequences and an overall cute ride. But Illumination's worst tendencies do come through every now and then. There's definitely some mixed bag of humor here, and there's some really bad musical choices. Some of the voice performances are definitely a little off, and the story is also really weak, and it's kind of non-existent in some ways. I'm going to give the Super Mario Brothers movie a B-. And to be perfectly honest, I am not necessarily the target audience for this movie. And I wholeheartedly believe that the target audience will absolutely love this movie and have absolutely loved this movie. I'm just not quite in that camp. I had fun with it, but I honestly haven't thought about the movie since except to write my notes. And I probably won't think about it again until they announce a sequel. Overall, I recommend this movie for all fans of Nintendo. If you are a Nintendo fan, you're a fan, fan of Mario, go check this thing out in theaters. I don't think it's one you have to rush out to see, but I think it'd be fun to watch with a crowd. I know my audience clapped at the end, and I've only been in... This is only the second time ever, I would say third time maybe, that a theater I've been to has ever clapped at the end of a movie. So there is that. And definitely go check it out. But other than that, I think this is one that you can easily just wait to rent when it comes out on digital. Maybe you don't have to wait for it to go to streaming. I think you could wait for it to hit VOD and rent. And I think that'd be perfectly fine. I think you'll have a decent enough time, even though it's just going to be a one-time watch kind of thing. Thank you guys so much for listening. I'll catch you all next time. Bye-bye.